Let's pray. Gracious God, we are so overwhelmed as we think about what you have done for us. For the beginning of creation, Father, as you envisioned and brought into being this incredible world, you also envisioned a plan of redeeming, bringing back to yourself human beings who choose to walk away from you. And Father, because of your great love, you have moved in history to rescue us. Give us a footing, give us a hope through your son Jesus and resurrection power. Amen. We just experienced the reality of the cross in Good Friday. It's good not because of the agony that Jesus experienced on the cross, but it's good because of what it means for you and me today. I think for all of us, we need to come to the point where we see ourselves in the place of that man, in the very arms of Jesus, recognizing that it's only through the power and grace of Christ that we can be reunited with the living God. This is a situation for all people. Religion says to us, you must perform a certain way or you must do certain kinds of behaviors in order to be accepted by God. I want to say to you this morning that religion falls short where authentic Christianity gives us the right path. For it says that for grace we have been saved. That means not based upon our performance, but based upon God's merited favor to us. Grace we have been saved. We've been rescued like in this picture through faith. It's not of ourselves or human performance, not of works, lest we should boast, but it's a work of God's grace. The greatest gift offered us in human history, Jesus offers us in what he did for us because he rescued us and all we need to do is open up, recognize like this man our spiritual, our absolute bankruptcy and our dire need for Jesus. And we put ourselves in the arms of a living Savior. This morning, I want us to bask in the resurrection power of Jesus. It's necessary, the resurrection and the cross of Christ being seen together. On the internet, I saw there was a question and answer, and one person asked, well, why the resurrection? Isn't the cross sufficient? And the answer was, the death of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection are of equal importance and cannot be separated. Without Jesus' death, we have no hope of God's forgiveness. Without Jesus' resurrection, we have no hope of eternal life. They are like, like two wings on an airplane. The resurrection changes, folks, our outlook on life. This gal in the caption of this picture I found on the internet is, is her basking and experiencing resurrection power. And you can see on her face the, how she has experienced enormous joy recognizing what Christ has done for us. We do not always smile on our face as the people of faith living in resurrection power. But when we take a step back and realize the reality of the resurrection, we could be in this picture. We could be people with a similar smile on our face. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, folks, it changed everything. Think with me for a moment. Famous scientist Stephen Hawkins just died before his death. He made this statement, there is no heaven or afterlife. It's a fairy story for people who are afraid of the dark or afraid of death. You see, in this worldview, there is no outside influence in the world of the universe. It is a closed system which precludes any influence of a divine being or no spiritual reality. 
This is certainly a view of life. The Apostle Paul encountered this as he preached the resurrection to a skeptical crowd who did not see a possibility of resurrection at all. The writer of 1 Corinthians is the great Apostle Paul, and he describes this reality in his incredible chapter in the resurrection of chapter 15. If there is no resurrection, folks, not even Jesus was raised. Therefore, our faith is worthless. We are found to be false witnesses. We are people of false hope. We are people to be most pitied. In fact, if Christianity is not true, if resurrection did not happen, we, because we are pursuers of truth, should walk away. I just watched the movie of the Apostle Paul. It's in the theaters, and I was touched by his, his last experiences of his life before he faced death. He's reflecting back on the transformation that occurred when he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. A person as bent and as hatred-filled as the Apostle Paul was, anti-Christian, he needed a divine encounter, a special encounter with Jesus to change that life. And he lived faithfully, followed faithfully in Jesus. And at the end of that movie, we see a man who is extremely tired. But he said, I have fought the fight. I have finished the course. And all the struggle and all the things that he went through to present the living Christ, he said, was worth it, was worth it all. Paul says, if the dead did not rise from the dead, let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. If there is no resurrection from the dead, if there's no Christian reality at all, no spiritual reality, let's eat and to drink for tomorrow we die. Grab all the gusto you can get. You might have a tendency to live our lives with everything is about me. Everything is about what I can get in my life because all that matters is me. But if Jesus rose from the dead and affirmed by multiple witnesses, then everything changes. It's not a closed system. There is something we call a spiritual reality. The resurrection, which culminates in the place we called heaven, is possible, I would say, highly likely. And the Apostle Paul writes so beautifully, and this is in the message. It describes the implication of resurrection power in our lives. If we receive the gift of God's grace through Jesus. Listen carefully, but if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself, that's that other reality, than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ won't know what you're talking about. And folks, when we encounter people who have this different worldview, they have no sense And they're going to look at the reality of a spiritual reality as absolutely an utter foolishness. But for you who welcome him in whom he dwells, even though you still experience limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you and does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from the dead life. With a spirit living in your body, you will be alive as alive as Christ's. Folks, in a sense, the miraculous power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is at work in us, those who believe and those choose to journey with the living God. And the implications of this passage are staggering, folks. 
The implications is our focus then becomes on Jesus. Our focus is heavenward as we focus not on ourselves, but we focus on the living Christ and what he has done for us and what it means to walk in the shadow of the living Christ. And as we do, the focus turns from ourselves and it turns to others as we see recipients of God's grace, people who could respond to his grace and his love. We're free from that self-absorbed life that so engulfs so many people. Also, the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. That powerful reality of the Old Testament that, was, that we saw in the cloud and the fire and we saw thunder on the mountain of God's Shekinah glory and presence has now taken up his residency in you and me. And so as we on this journey, it's not just what we do, even though it's a partnership. It's what the living God does, the Spirit of God who moves into our lives and gives life and gives hope. Folks, we experience a new reality, and most importantly, we experience a new identity. The old things and the life that we have lived in the past, self-absorbed life, is now made new in Christ. And it's a renewal process. And we put on this wonderful journey as we recognize finally who we are in Christ, in creation and recreation in our Savior. We now understand who we are because we have a newfound identity. Finally, folks, we have a promise of an eternal home. We have a promise of an eternal home. And in that eternal home, the most important thing for us is at the end of the day when we pass on from this life, for we live and we die, we pass on to our eternal home. In our eternal home, one of the most important things is that we, as we labor and as we serve in the power of the Spirit, we recognize our eternal home and we are greeted by the Savior who would love to have us say, welcome my good and faithful servant. There'd be nothing more significant, more than all the glory of heaven is, but to say, welcome, my faithful servant who has walked faithfully with me. Folks, never forget the resurrection. Resurrection ought to be on our hearts and our minds and our being. It's a game changer that changes everything. And my encouragement to you this morning is you come to Jesus If you don't know Christ, if you haven't received this most incredible, folks, the gift that's given to us, not on our performance, but given to us by a loving Savior who desires more than anything else for us to be reconnected with the living God. And he desires more than anything else to join us in the most significant, the most meaningful, the most important journey of life. Receive the gift to walk with Jesus this morning. You desire for to come to know Christ. I'm around. I'm always around to just sit and talk to you, talk to you about that spiritual reality that can transform us, and pray with you as you can receive the wonderful gift through Christ of eternal life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, for those who have not decided to journey with Jesus. Father, I ask that you would move into their lives and their being by your spirit and help them to realize there's a wonderful spiritual reality that's, that's focused on the Savior who came to give us life and give us hope. For us, Father, that 
experience and our experience in Christ, Father, this morning, may we live in resurrection power. May we realize that the power that changed, that gave Jesus and brought Jesus back from the dead is the power that's at work in our lives to live our lives in tune with the Spirit of God, in walking in the steps of our Savior, and experiencing eternal life now and life for all eternity.